Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson, and it is a tape review Tuesday slash Wednesday, uh, depending on when you are consuming this. Tape this on Tuesday mornings. And Logan, I actually even got to watch uh, more tape than usual. I was <laughs> taping a little later in the morning, got up, had my coffee, watched some of the first half. I, I mean, based off that, this game, whew, what a performance by the commanders. You know, yeah. no, I mean, half, not so much, but we'll get into it. Like what yeah. happened, what changed? And, um, you know, I, I always want to start like with high level thoughts after watching the full game back on the all 22, like what do you feel differently perhaps than what you felt in the immediate aftermath on Sunday night? Yeah. I thought, you know, when I'd go watch the all 22 that I feel way differently about the performance because like when, when I'm doing like prep for the show, I'm doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Like I'm leaving the room, I'm getting notes, I'm coming back and like, I'm not really, really watching the game. But my general thought was like, I thought the defense played well, I thought they played physical. I thought they played fast. I thought there was a couple things here and there from a you know explosive play standpoint that could be corrected. And then offensively, I thought, man, that first half was pretty good, aided in large part by a, a big punt return by Jamison Crowder. And that was true. And then something happened in the second half where they weren't as effective offensively. And I think that was the thing that was really interesting to me was like the transition from the first half to the second half in terms of offensive production. And... um like that to me was one of the things that I want to find out. And obviously we, we talked about that a little bit before we got on, but I think, you know, overall it kind of coincided with what I thought. I, the defense actually, I will say this played a little bit better after watching the film than I thought they did. Like I thought they played well. I thought they played fine, but after watching it again, I was like, man, they did some really, really good stuff. And they, obviously there was like, I think a perfect example. There was a, an explosive play to Percy Butler where he's run, they're running a play action post. And, you know, obviously, um, Kendall Fuller's got outside leverage on the post and Percy's it's like quarters ish. And he's supposed to drop with the court, with the, with the post, right? Cause it's quarters. This and is the big just, shot to Van Jefferson. 
you know, it's the big shot to, I think it was uh, Miller, right? Was that who it was? Miller? Or it might have been Van Jefferson. I think it's it Van Jefferson. The the, yeah. the one deep down the field that gets thrown over his head. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's so, Jefferson. And so Percy doesn't get out of his back pedal and you're like, man, Percy, like what's going on? And one of the things I, I really liked about this sequence is they, uh, you know, Arthur Smith is a smart guy. He says like, let's come back to this play. They come back to it out of a different formation. The protection's good. Um, and Percy is lockstep with the receiver running down the field. Like he got out of his pedal early, identified the post. <clears throat> and I think that's one of the things with young football players that's good to see is them like making adjustments or the staff making adjustments in game to support that individual. So like while there was some stuff, you're like, man, that could have been better. or This could have been better. Like, like I, another example is Jamin. He gives up, um, you know, the choice route to Kyle Pitts where he yeah, crosses that was, his that face. That was not a great rep from him. <laughs> and that's tough, right? But, you know, like I can hear Ron's voice in my head every time we do the coaches show. He's always talking about leverage and how important leverage is. And obviously, Jamie needs to keep inside leverage. But then you go to the pick at the end of the game, and it's it's two-man. It looks like um, looks like uh, Bijan has beat him, like kind of vertically. But he can play underneath it because it's two-man. He doesn't have to worry as much about something over the top. He's able to play really nicely into that window. And again, using good leverage and using appropriate technique makes a play. So I thought there was a whole bunch of things – in the game that kind of defensively were like, that wasn't great, but look at this guy. He corrected it or corrected that same, uh, a comparable issue later. And it led to a more productive play. And it was really interesting. Like maybe I was just more aware of it because it was the mantra this week, but like guys who were doing their job better and how that yeah. led to just better defensive performance. And so overall, like, I think, you know, um, I was talking to Kime yesterday and we do like a Monday check-in just to kind of see what he's thinking, what I'm thinking. And, yeah. you know, he's like, well, people think, think the defense played badly. And I don't know. I didn't really get that vibe, really, from watching the film. And maybe there's something different when you watch the TV copy. But I think defense played pretty good. Offense had a good first half. And then, obviously, there was some slowing in the second half, which we can talk about. Well, I mean, about. people think the defense played bad because they gave up 400 yards in yeah, 79 but. plays. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the offensive inefficiency. And yeah. it's like when you start to look at yards per play, it's actually not as bad because they – were on the field so much because the offense couldn't convert anything in the second half. We're already kind of talking about the defense. So let's, let's flip it up. Normally we start offense. Let's just keep, keep going with okay. defense. Yeah. Um, I think that there's some interesting stuff also that Jack does in this game. Um, and especially in the fronts, um, they played at least one rep where they have just three down linemen and you're like, Whoa, don't yeah. see that very often. From yeah, this they played team. drop eight. Yeah. Yeah. I also saw, it seemed like, you know, obviously the Cinco front personnel wise was out there a ton. Uh, big, big John Ridgeway played like 33 snaps. Hope this, he got might a nice, been, this might have been nice his, off best, day. his, his, yeah. uh, his best game of his career. He had an excellent game. Yeah. And, but they do it sometimes out of what really is a three, four front, like a base three, four front where like those three linemen are kind of tucked in and chase and Montez are standing out on the, the edges in a, what, it, what, anybody else would call like a true three, four front. Then other times it's kind of more of their Cinco front where the, the splits amongst the D linemen are a little bit more of what we're used to seeing. And so I think some of those varied fronts were really nice and probably helped them out to be as effective as they were against the run, knowing that Atlanta likes to run the football like they do. Like you give them more fronts to look at, make the runs harder to target. They obviously played some base in this as well. So uh, they just threw so many different looks at Atlanta that I think it probably helped them execute and help made it things harder on the Falcons. Then of course you play hard and 
you know, execute the technique and, and lo and behold, you hold a Falcons team that wants to get 150 yards rushing every game to what, like 80 something. Yeah. Uh, and that includes like 19 yards, including one long scramble from Ritter. So, I mean, they, they really did a, some interesting stuff sem- schematically and then also executed at a high level to prevent the Falcons from being the Falcons. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, like you can talk about scheme, you can talk about different fronts and all that stuff is super important, no doubt. Like, cause like, I think they're better, you know, like I think you get more out of the D line in that Cinco front for whatever reason, but I think the effort was excellent from those guys, right? You know, we mentioned John bigger, John Ridgeway. I thought he had an excellent game, played physical, was running to the football, did a great job. You know, the first time they played Atlanta, I think that might have been one of his worst games last year. One of his worst games in his career, the center was just kind of toying with him, reaching him every play. And this, he's getting hands on blocks. He's keeping his gap. He's making it muddy. He's making sure guys can't get to the next level. Great job by him. John Allen, I felt like was kind of John Allen this game. Like he was yeah. throwing dudes six to the tackles. ground. That's yeah. a big production day for a D tackle. Throwing dudes to the ground. He had that great goal line kind of just beast mode on, uh, Matthew Bergeron on the goal line, you know, when they're running uh, for the two-point conversion, and he just kind of throws him to the ground, makes a tackle, and his energy was just so different. You know, I don't know if he's going to grade out super well from a PFF standpoint, but there's a a play like where he's getting double team, he throws a guy down, he dives over the guy on the ground, gets the running back around the legs. You know what I mean? It's just like he was at a different energy level. And Payne, kind of the same thing. Like, they – Atlanta had put in a run, which I have not seen people do. So basically what they're trying to do is like when you get in that Cinco front, front, it's not a true 3-4 because in my mind, a 3-4 is when you um, line up over the tackles, like inside shade of the tackle and like a 4-I. So for those of like football nerds out there, a 0 is a shade over the center, a 1 is a, a, a shade over the center's outside shoulder, a 2 is inside of the guard, 3 is outside of the guard, 4 is inside shoulder of the tackle, right? So that's normally where that guy lines up. In this offense, they line up in threes. It's almost like a bare front. So you cover, you know, the center and both guards with, in this case, Ridgeway, John, and Payne. Um, and so what that does is it makes it really hard to get combinations inside um, because, like, the center's covered, so you can't get a combination. It, but if, for example, if you move to a four-eye, now I can get a combination between the guard and the tackle, and we're cooking with gas because the tight end can block the defensive end. So what they did, and which I thought was really interesting, was they basically said, like, there's a play that everybody's running now. It's called Zorro. So in a 3-4 structure like this, you'd block the stand-up outside linebacker with the tight end and the fullback. And it becomes this, like, really physical double team. And you basically forcibly widen this edge player to open up the C-gap, which is the gap inside of the tight end. It's to the right of the defensive end if they're on the left side of the defense. So um, they didn't need to do that because the problem in this structure with the bear front is that that three technique is going to make a ton of plays because they're one-on-one with the guard. And so what they did is said, well, why don't we just run Zorro on the three technique? And there was a play where Chris Lindstrom, who's one of the best guards in the NFL, has got hands I know, on. I know the play, yeah. Yeah, he's got hands on. Payne throws him to the ground. The fullback is at a full sp- full sprint, and Payne just suns that dude and makes a tackle for a loss. And Yeah, that fullback was not trying to block Deron Payne. Deron Payne was so quick to win that he was no, in his path. What I am th- what I am saying is I think they are. I think that's a double team really? between the fullback. It's a double team between the fullback and the guard, but the guard gets tossed to the ground so quickly. So what what you're trying to get there is this, the guard to fit both hands on the on Payne in this case, right? Yeah. To work and then maybe la- you seal him inside. Yeah, to work laterally, 
right? Gotcha. And as we're working laterally, I'm the fullback running full speed on a guy that's engaged, and I just annihilate your rib cage and your hip. And it's very effective because I don't know if you know this, this is like good football one-on-one. If I'm engaged on a block, right? The second anyone touches your hip, like your body just collapses. It's really interesting how that works. And so basically what they're going to do is they're going to have him come sun that hip and then just clear that hole out. But Payne says, no, 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 Chris Lindstrom, you're on the ground. Fullback, you're coming for me. Get some of that action, right? So it was a tackle for loss. A tackle for loss. And I thought like I'd never seen that scheme before. And maybe you won't see it anymore (laughs) because it didn't work very well. (laughs) Because they tried on Allen too. And it worked a little bit better with Allen. But again, Allen was just so that both those guys were just playing at a level like they you could tell the basically the point is the Atlanta Falcons were trying to account for our best players with novel scheme and they just were like we're bigger faster physically better than you and we're making a lot of plays so that I think just the effort there was amazing and then also the linebackers I thought played really well I think this is probably Cody Barton's best game Jamin Davis had a great game um, and they were just physical and fast to the football in a way that they, I don't want to say they haven't been, but it was nice to see, you know, kind of like we talked about on the pregame show, just a little bit more energy, just that like kind of how energy gives you stuff. And I felt like they got yeah. a lot of stuff just by playing with good energy and good emotion. And um, again, I think it was a very physical physical game and it led to a, a, a very, I think, productive defensive day, so. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, uh, just to back to the pain play real quick. I thought that they were trying to get that fullback like past pain out into so. out into as a lead blocker, and pain just was got like got in the way because the, the fullback runs into him so solidly, like he didn't expect him to be there. <laughs> he certainly, whether it was by design or not, I trust you that it was by design. He didn't expect him to be there like that. He's supposed to be right. engaged with someone. Um, so that is a crazy play by Duran Payne. Um, and I just did the math real quick. Um, they. Atlanta averages 5.08 yards per play. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty solid number defensively. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like not, not in, great. The ga- in the game. You're saying, in yeah, overall in the game. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, yeah, they gave up 400 yards, but they ran almost 80 plays. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we'll get into what happened with the offense, but I think the biggest, the biggest reason why Atlanta has, mega yardage in this game and why people think the defense played bad is because they were stressed at times, you know, Benjamin St. Juice gets the pick in the red zone. Like there are some key situations, you know, Atlanta's back in it, you know, one score game late. Um, and I, but I just think the biggest, the biggest factor in that is just the sheer number of plays that they gave up. Uh, or that they were on the field because the offense couldn't do anything. But also yeah. they did give up some third down conversions and and some extended drives between the 20s. And I'm curious if there's any concern about the ability to give those up or is this kind of the nature of a bend but don't break defense? I mean, I think it's kind of the nature of a bend but don't break defense. I think the thing that kind of makes you a little bit concerned, like minorly, 
is that there were a couple explosive plays. We mentioned the Kyle Pitts thing. There was a couple open opportunities, like Desmond Ritter overthrows the flea flicker. We talked about the yep. post that they missed. Like there was a couple. It's hard things to get too like, mad for me as like a flea flicker. Like it's a trip no, play. no. But I'm saying like there are but, yeah, there are more out there. There are explosive opportunities that were left on the field for for Atlanta, and you know against a more experienced quarterback like Jalen Hurts, like Josh Allen, you're probably getting some of those are getting actualized, and you're probably going man, this defense is having a tough day. So I think that was the thing for me is you were relying a little bit on Ritter being Desmond Ritter. And there were some opportunities for them to kind of like, you know, I mentioned the Percy Butler thing. I think that's a great correction by him in the game, but against a better quarterback, that's probably a touchdown. And we're probably thinking about how Percy Butler is a terrible football player at the moment. You know what I mean? Like instead we, he gets to make the correction. It's very casual. And so I think this is something philosophically that I think is, is going on with the NFL at the moment is defenses versus good quarterbacks are going to be outmatched like nine out of 10 times. Like, uh, I think that's just the rule at the moment. Um, and so it's, so against a better quarterback, this is probably a, a loss defensively, but it's not, it's versus Desmond Ritter. It's versus a guy in his second year and you can get away with some of those mistakes and some of those explosive plays, um, that, that don't show up on the stat sheet. So, yeah. So one guy that had a really nice game, it seemed, was Khalid Hudson. Oh, yeah. um, and people have not talked about, or people have been clamoring for him since the Dallas game last year because he played so well. And, you know, all, all the reports out of training camp that were that he was awesome in training camp. Then he doesn't play any defensive snaps until this game. Um, and watching him and the, the plays that he makes, he's on the field for like 10 snaps and has three tackles. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty freaking productive day. Um, he obviously gives up the one to Bijan where he and the the other DB run into each other. Um, but he does a good job. I think on that one of even recovering and making the tackle, um, like it doesn't turn into a, a mega explosive play. You contain it. Um, so yeah, I would, I, I wonder if that becomes an option for them. Maybe. Yeah. To I think play a little bit more base. And and especially because if Derek Forrest is out, like you're you're less inclined to have the three safeties on the field. No, I think that's right. I think, you know, that's something we had talked about again in the pregame show and in the preview podcast last week is just like what's the what's the allocation of resources to to best to most effectively kind of deal with the absence of Forrest and Jeremy. And I think you see this is maybe a solution, you know, like he's not going to be in all the time. I think 10 plays sure. is probably appropriate, but he played with great juice, Lo- loved his energy, loved how he played. He had a great play on uh, outside zone where he's blitzing off the left side and he runs it down, makes a great tackle. Obviously, the guys on the front side did a great job. Casey Two Hills, two gapping. John, again, closing that gap up. So there's nowhere for him to go. Kind of forces him back into Kalik, but great job by Kalik. There was a, um, a, a second, I think a second and short or a third and short where the guard's coming for him and he does like a little double stick on the guard. The guard falls down. He comes back in, makes the tackle. Great job. You know, so he did flash. He, he's an explosive guy. He's a physical guy. And I think um, it's it's great to see a guy in uh, in an expanded role do well. And, you know, you mentioned the play to Bijan. I think that's something that gets better the with more reps. You know, uh, Jamin yeah. has one early in the game. Same, almost identical play where, um, you know, that's the one where Bijan tries to like one-handed, left-handed catch yeah. that sucker. And he, and it's, there is a pick, but Jamin does a better job of navigating the traffic. He's, I think he's in a better relationship and makes it a tougher throw. And I think that's something that you get with experience. So, um, I think Kalik deserves a shout out for sure. I thought he had a good game, um, outside the, the explosive, the, the, I think it was a 20 yard, 15 yard catch that he gave it to Bijan, but 
like I, I think that's again that's one of the things you're dealing with with younger. He's not a young guy, but an inexperienced in terms of game action at linebacker. And I think um, the more he plays, I think the better he's going to get. And I think he showed you that in the preseason. Yeah, I think some of the big plays in this game, too, happen between guys that probably don't have as many reps together. I mean, that one, for sure, Khalid doesn't have reps with anyone because they don't yeah. play base. Right. Um, but even the touchdown to Pitts on the first drive, like Danny and St. Juice yeah. run into each other. What was going on there? I don't. I couldn't tell you. It looks like it looks like quarters to me. I mean, we probably should have watched that before we started just to double-click on it. Uh, but... I don't know because I think for I think uh, Benjamin St. Juice is playing that pretty good, and I think it looks like he's expecting inside help, and and said Danny just gets in his way. Danny kind of like is looking in the backfield. I don't know if he's looking for a crosser. Again, that's a question for Danny, and you know, kind of the technique to, to, techniques that they're playing. But I would say, just you know, from a thousand foot view, that probably wasn't correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, really? Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly what his rule is, but again, like he's a he's a new guy. You know, he had a great, to, to, you know, to give him his flowers. I think the play before the interception or the third down before the interception. Um, you know, he's one on one with Kyle Pitts, and it's two man, and he's in a great position. He's playing a great technique, like. Kyle uh, Pitts is running a – it's like basically all go special trying to split the safeties. And he's kind of – you know, maybe if Desmond gives him a better ball, there's a chance. But, he, you know, Danny's playing in the back hip because he's got help over top. He's in great position. They try to throw the football. It's not a, it's not a perfectly thrown ball. He gets a PBU. So um, I think there was a lot of stuff like that where, you know, we mentioned the Percy thing. We mentioned the Kalik thing. There's one with Danny Johnson where you're kind of like, what's going on? But then later in the game, they play with great technique and they make a great play. So um, I think there's a lot of that, you know, like kind of kind of throughout. But again, that happens with new people. And I think it's good that it happened in this game because um, while I think Desmond Ritter could be a starting quarterback at some point, I think he's definitely kind of a bottom tier guy right now in terms of the things that um, the things that NFL quarterbacks normally do. And so it's nice to kind of get an, e an easy win um, and be able to have some of these mistakes missed um, in a game like this. So, All right, anything else from the defense that we want to hit real quick before we get to the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Jack deserves a little bit of a shout-out. I thought they did some cool stuff um, in terms of they kind of were better at disguising their coverages. They brought a little bit more pressure. There was a, a third uh, third down or a fourth down, I don't remember exactly what it was, where they're trying to throw an out, like basically a choice to Bijan. And it looks like it's man, and they do a really good job of this. Like they they kind of St. Juice goes with the motion. It's Bijan on the motion. And then Cam Curl sprints down and presses the point and you're like oh this is man and they're trying to press this to kind of take away the choice route right because on the choice like the the guy in the ball is going to run a corner route which is going to pick the man defender who's saint juice who's now who, who's feathered off inside to cover Bijan, and <clears throat> and um and so it, it's there and you can tell atlanta thinks it's there but instead of running man coverage they get into two so cam curl becomes the flat player St. Juice becomes the post player or the the half player, and it, it the concept is completely black blanketed. And Desmond Ritter thinks he has man. He's working the man side. The other side is like what I would call like a like a spot concept or a sit concept, where you get like a five yard sit, you get a flat, and you get a corner. And that is wide open because that's exactly what you want versus cover two. But he doesn't identify it because the the disguise was so good. Like I even with the clicker in my hand I was like, this is man, one hundred percent. And ends up being zoned. So I thought they did some stuff like that, which was really good. Again, the uh, the interception um, to St. Juiced, 
I mean, I feel bad for Desmond Ritter because I feel like Arthur Smith like kind of like did not do him any favors in terms of like there's so much going on with that offense. I, and I know I said this on the postgame show. Like he's trying to get Bijan Robinson lined up. He's trying to get the receiver to the right split. He's trying to get the protection called. He does not look at the defense one time before the ball is snapped, which is basically snapped at zero. And it, I'm just like, that cannot be the best way to maximize that guy. But, you know, that's the conversation for Arthur Smith. But they bring, they're bringing a pressure. They've got it schemed up correctly. Jamin runs right through the B-gap untouched. Love to see untouched pressures, unblocked pressures. And Desmond Ritter tries to get out of the pocket. He should throw it away. But I can't even fault the guy because he's not even playing football. He's trying to get everybody lined up. Throws the ball to um, St. Juice. And I just like that there was a little bit more of an emphasis this week to bring some pressures. Even on on uh, Fuller's interception, it doesn't affect the throw. But it's third and three. They're running it out. He's playing off. They're bringing in extra pressure. Great job by Jack. It doesn't, doesn't get home. But you can tell Desmond's accelerating his process. Great job by Kendall making a play. So I just like some of that stuff where it's like they ran more two-man this week. They ran a drop eight. They did some stuff differently to kind of throw people off. And you could tell the guys were were comfortable with it. Like they knew what to do in a way that um, like last week, for example, they didn't. And so um, I I think good job, Jack, kind of finding something that fit the skill set. And good job by the guys owning those kind of new wrinkles and they pay dividends in the game. So, yeah, good good job all week teaching. That way, when it's do your job, everyone knew what their job was. Um, now, I think the big test is like, can you do it against not Desmond Ritter? Well, um, they don't have to worry about it this next week so much. But yes, you're well, yeah. your point I mean, is valid. Daniel, well, we'll see if Daniel Jones plays. Um, but he's he just turns into like a Hall of Famer against these guys. So you know, well, I don't really care who's back there because that old line is. That's also true. If you want to see (laughs) Commanders fans, if you want to see a battle line, check out the Bears or check out the Giants. Excuse me.